0: On side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast. This is episode number 447. I am Andrew, Andrew now forum, and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. With me, as always, is my co-host Derek. He is for 3 now forum, and for 384 on Twitter. Derek, good to be talking to you, as always. What's new?
1: I'm happy to be here. So, Andrew, NBA Live 2003, the PC version, you have a work-in-progress all-time teams roster let's talk about it sure
0: uh the other night i was just uh playing a bit of life 2003 and thought you know what i, I miss uh i miss modding this game i've got uh, i i've got a lot of great memories of modding that game in recent shows, I've talked about how I'm feeling a bit nostalgic for that era with my uh, 20th, uh, my 20-year high school reunion coming up, so I've been playing a bit of Live 2003 and thought, you know what, I'll, I'll see if I can tinker, see if I can make something uh, with the, with the assets on hand, because you know how I love my minimalist modding, Derek. So I, I threw together some all-time teams with the legends that are already in there and the active players, of course, and uh, yeah, it's still very much a rough draft at this point, uh, really, but... No, it's uh, it's in a state where we could uh, fire it up and, and play with the Lakers and Celtics and have a bit of fun.
1: It's intriguing, uh, and part of the reason is because we have that avenue of you know connecting on Parsec and being able to play you know human versus human or you know play co op you know on the same team versus the computer and utilize that roster. I, you know, Andrew and I actually connected tonight um and we played using a rough draft of the roster we were using the all-time celtics on the same team and against the cpu lakers and let me tell you something about live 2003 when you haven't played it for a while or you don't play it that often um it can be rough on the sticks it's missing a lot of the two-player animations and the 10-man the freestyle that came in for NBA Live 2004. So, you know, you have a lot of bodies flying or the ball being jarred loose in, in situations where it shouldn't be. And um, it's, it's definitely a lot more arcade-leaning than, say, NBA Live 2004. Uh, but when you kind of settle into the game and you play it a little bit more um, and you get used to you know, frustrating aspects that you need to avoid, like passing it up court without being able to see the, you know, offensive player ahead of you. And then, you know, the ball just goes sailing out of bounds, Uh, you know, passing it too early to a guy cutting and he gets caught up on a computer player and the ball goes sailing out of bounds. Like once you, you know, adjust to the game's mechanics, uh, adjust to the gameplay, the game can be quite fun. And I think um, the second half of the game we played tonight, after we both kind of adjusted to the game again, was a lot of fun.
0: I agree. And it really comes down to your expectations, because as you said, it does lean in that arcade direction. There's a lot of sim bones to it. I mean, it's still got rules. It's still emulating the NBA in a realistic style to an extent, but the gameplay is very arcade leaning for sure and back in the day as i've said before i i didn't love that i, I wanted the game to become more and more realistic i was really into that at the time i, I still like a more realistic style for the five on five games uh, I, I like having that separation between the sim games like a uh, 2k or live back in the day obviously and uh, and jam and street so it, it wasn't what i wanted and i ended up getting very frustrated with it but revisiting it now and, and taking it for what it is and enjoying that style that it's trying to present i do have a lot more fun with it and as you said once we started getting adjusted to the game again and you, know, you had a, a bit of lag because my connection is uh, what it is and uh, we we're playing over parsec but still working quite well because parsec is just an incredible app that even with my uh shoddy connection at times it actually works incredibly well you were it's making you see that
1: you're even able to host i mean you're you're hosting from australia you're making free throws on the other side of the world yeah making, and i was making, making some free throws, free throws with a team and... meter, yeah I had I had a really nice move, actually, with Paul Pierce uh, using the the freestyle, you know, doing a spin move and then throwing it down uh, in traffic and whatnot. Yeah, I started adjusting really well to the little bit of lag that I had. And I reached out to, you know, after the game and I was like, this was actually like a lot of fun. So the fact that you can even host from Australia and give me who's on the other side of the world um, a really good experience on a video game that's pretty impressive
0: definitely and i think it also helped that we are doing these all-time rosters here that it's kind of a fun scenario rather than trying to be a sim situation with real teams real rosters uh, as of the 2003 season which is not to say that you can't play like 2003 with real rosters and have uh, have a blast with it because we've played with the the all-star teams before well of course again that was an all-star team not the regular teams but you can definitely play it that way and and have fun but because we're doing something special we we had the all-time teams that I've put together. This rough draft we're using we we use the retro jerseys as well. So that was kind of a made it a bit more like an NBA Jam situation. Actually, both of them were using away jerseys, which does look a bit weird, I know, but it's also kind of that that Jam style. We both got both teams have got that uh, the the solid color jerseys. So no, I, I had a I had a blast with it. I want to finish that roster. I don't think it'll take uh, too long to do it because there's a lot of assets for Live 2003 out there that I'm sure we can. Uh, give credit for and repurpose so yeah i'm looking forward to doing something and and as we do these more resources derek to get people uh, onto retro games and help them get old games to run putting a few new releases out there i think people will really enjoy that
1: oh absolutely i want to say something really quick about the gameplay um from a gameplay perspective i feel like for me anyway nba live 2003 has two advantages over nba live 2004 one fast breaks and the reason is is because on nba live 2003 instead of the receiver stopping to catch the ball every time the receiver stays in motion and keeps going towards the hoop and keeps running his route right so like we had a couple really good fast breaks um in today's game because um, I would catch the ball and see you, you know, diving to the hoop and whatnot, and I would feed you and your, your motion would continue towards the hoop and you'd be able to throw it down or, you know, put up a layup. And NBA live 2004, they're just constantly like jumping to catch the ball and then like it ruins the flow of your fast break. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, the highlights are just better on NBA Live 2003. The the dunks are a little bit louder. Um, the dunks are a little bit more, yes, arcade leaning, but super explosive and fun. So I find myself making better, more exciting highlights when I play Live 2003. Outside of those two, uh, I'm not sure Live 2003 really has any other gameplay advantages over live 2004 but those two stand out for me
0: No, that's a that's a fair observation Uh, although having said that are you saying that larry bird making a crossover and then skying for a huge reverse dunk isn't sim
1: (laughs) see the thing is about larry bird doing that i can still do that in nba 2k23 with larry bird like you can still kind of like get by your guy and he'll go up and he'll throw it down hard like, um, not that Larry couldn't dunk. He actually had quite a few decent dunks in his career. Um, True. You know, having baseline and reversing it. I think it was actually on Dr. J. Um, he um, had that, you know, pass for him. I think it was Gerald Henderson. And he, you know, got up pretty high and threw it down two-handed. Um, he's had a poster dunk. I want to say it was on, like, Caldwell Jones and whatnot. Like, he definitely still had some dunks.
0: It was 6'9". So, I mean, he, he got up there but, and dunked, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, his vertical didn't need to be very high. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously it's overdone in NBA Live 2003, and it's even overdone in, like, NBA 2K23, the newest title.
0: So we might be sharing some highlights of that. I think you were recording when we were playing. Um,
1: You may hear some... I not record, Andrew? That's a good point. That's a good point.
0: Um, You may hear some odd sound effects. That is because I forgot I had the NBA Live Street 2003 mod... Installed and that changes the sound effects to the the urban court to the to the regular arenas because the when you have that installed it replaces all the NBA arenas with uh, a Rucker Park so it had chain net sounds and the the sh- the, the sound of the shot clock uh, counting down wasn't there so those we got a few shot clock violations because the that audio cue wasn't uh, there because it's it's uh, not there in the urban courts but. You know, it, I think the effect is still there. And it was still a lot of fun to play with those, uh, even a rough draft of those all-time teams. And I, I just love going back to these old games. You know, I really, uh, it's, it's gra- I'm grateful to you, Derek, that you've got me into uh, revisiting a lot of these games outside of just going back for Wayback Wednesday, uh, bringing them back into the rotation, not just grinding mindlessly in the latest 2K in my career, although I have been playing a bit of my career online in 2K23. But going back and playing these old games and even being inspired to create something new minimalist or otherwise is uh, it's just been so much fun
1: and how awesome is it to be able to share that experience with somebody on the other side of the world like i said i think that um that live 2003 where it really shines is in that human versus human or co-op element and i think maybe you missed a little bit of that even back in the day the opportunity to do that as much so you know when you get this all-time team's roster finished or if i help you out with it as well to try to get done a little bit faster or maybe i can help with some faces and whatnot um i think that one of the exciting things is being able to you know connect and and actually play against each other or on the same team i want to point something out and i think this is a very notable point um and i think you're going to see where i'm coming from with this there's two things that popped out when my brother and I put on NBA 2K23 for Xbox Series X tonight. There's two things that popped out. Because we, we put it on right after you and I got done that NBA Live 2003 game. Two things I was able to adjust to immediately. One, right stick dribbling. Um, in NBA 2K23, I'm not going to lie, it actually feels similar in a lot of ways to NBA Live 2003. Um, the way the new dribbling system works, you know, the way, you know, crossovers feel and whatnot, and being able to burst off of your dribble and stuff like that. Like it was an easy adjustment to go to live 2003 right stick dribbling to NBA 2k 23. And then I noted it. And so did my brother. We like, we, we were basically like, that's like live 2003 while we were playing. They have some, uh, courtside comedy type cutscenes in NBA 2K23. I don't know if you noticed it, but after a big play happens or something like that, like a big dunk, they go over, like, to a specific part to like on the end of the bench and for us we were using legends and it was like kareem and jerry west kind of like falling all over each other like laughing about what had just happened
0: yes and yes. it's
1: like in a cinematic way and it's like that's like nba live 2003 right no it's not exactly the same cut scene but it's the same idea as what they were doing. So um, it's funny how games separated by, you know, 20 years. Literally, 20 years. Can be so similar, right. But can be so similar in a control, you know, perspective, but then also like a presentation perspective. So I thought that was really cool.
0: That is, that, that is a cool observation. And uh, and obviously the turn the of the courtside comedy is, uh, is particularly uh, comedic, obviously it is a bit sillier, but yeah, you do have those, uh, cinematic cuts to the bench and the and the reactions and whatnot and and that was a that was a good idea in Live Two Thousand Three. It maybe got a bit more silly than some of us wanted, as I've said before. But again, I I appreciate that now because I've had those more serious games come after that, give me more of what I wanted out of a sim game, so I can go back to Two Thousand Three and enjoy it for for what it was. Uh, I absolutely agree about being able to connect. That has been the great thing about Parsec over the past twelve months plus. We we do need to. Uh, mic up at some point we were just doing a quick game tonight so we didn't get all set up to do that but we do need to do that I know that Nate and Roger uh, suggested that in last week's show that it's something they'd like to hear a few other people have, have uh, expressed those sentiments as well so that is something we will look to do uh, I, if we were mic'd up Derek we would be joking about how the commentators were talking about how uh, Kirby Bryant was not the play he wanted to have on the line at the end of the game and then he missed the free throws it was uh, it, how prophetic wrong but prophetic in this situation
1: He missed two of his three in a key moment. We only won that game by a few points. Um, And their star was Jerry West by far on the all-time league. Yeah, he had over 30 points in five-minute quarters and whatnot, and he was just hitting guarded threes and, you know, getting to the hoop and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, the commentary can have its issues in NBA Live 2003 with stuff like that. Um, But, you know, it's no different than NBA 2K23, and it's commentary blunders where you get got a completely wide open dunk with somebody. Let's just say it's like Anthony Edwards and say, I don't know, LeBron is like trailing the play and he's like five feet behind Anthony Edwards. Kevin Harlan screams out that, um, oh, and Anthony Edwards dunks all over LeBron James. And it's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, it's five feet behind him. Um, and whatnot. So commentary blunders are pretty normal. You know, what's really funny, though, if you actually play and be alive, 15 and be alive, 16, and you listen to Jeff N. Gundy and Mike Breen, um, they are really, really solid on the mic. And I can't really pinpoint any mistakes that they make throughout, you know, when they comment on games and whatnot. I don't know if you remember how solid that commentary is, but it is definitely one of the strong points, in my opinion, uh, you know, presentation wise for live 15 and live 16.
0: No, I'd agree with that too. That there's not, but I I suppose if there was anything that people were criticizing about the commentary in 15 and 16, it was that it was a little dry compared to 2k, 15, 2k, 16. So I guess there's there's a lot of uh, dead air, I suppose. But if, that wasn't necessarily unrealistic. If you do watch a broadcast with them, there are, there are those moments of, of dead air. But sometimes with two K, it can be too much filling in the, that that uh, dead air with the the same anecdote over and over again over an eighty two game season is uh, gets very repetitive. I'd
1: rather have dead air than listen to Chris Webber and Doris Burke talk as much as they do.
0: There you go during yeah.
1: the NBA two K broadcasts over the last few years. They they drive me absolutely nuts. You want to know who my favorite guest commentator is on the newer two Ks? Steve Smith. Steve Smith, yeah. Steve Smith, um open, honest, realistic, nothing agenda driven with what he's talking about. Like you you feel like Steve Smith is like always keeping it real. I really enjoy listening to Steve Smith.
0: Well, I knew it wouldn't be Bill Simmons.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's definitely not Bill Simmons. I'd say that Doris Burke and Bill Simmons are the ones who really bug me the most with 2k commentary i'd say chris weber is not bad all the time but he definitely rambles a little bit too much
0: and i don't think you're a big fan of the uh the grant hill booth either
1: no neither are you no yeah get brian anderson and grant hill i appreciate them being in the game uh, okay. i appreciate the effort i appreciate the effort by 2k to try to give like a fresh new look at a new commentary crew but um grant hill talks to us kind of like we're like Small children. Mm. Like that's how he's talking to the audience. He kind of dumbs down the commentary. And Brian Anderson, while good in real life, just kinda comes off as a tryhard, I guess you could say, and a little bit fake. So like I I I try to skip Brian Anderson and Grant Hill. Like I'll quit a game and go back into a new game just to get Harlan.
0: Well, of course, now you can do that without wasting a contract in my team, so it's it's there's no penalty to restart games. so that's a, that's a lot better in uh, my team this year. Again, removing contracts was such a a, a small thing on the surface, but a, such a huge improvement to uh, to my team. But you know, we're making these assessments of video games, Derek, uh, whether they be Live Two Thousand Three or Live Oh Six or NBA Two K Fourteen, NBA Two K Twenty Three, the new one, of course. My, my, I do have a concern here, though. Do we have a big enough follower count to have an opinion on these
1: games? (laughs) Um, I just want to point something out. Uh, Just because somebody has a low follower count doesn't mean that they're automatically a troll, doesn't make them a loser, doesn't even make them unpopular. We're talking about social media here, right? And there's a lot of context that goes into that. Um, Yeah, I'm seeing more and more takes from people saying, well, you have a low follower account, you're irrelevant, or you have a low follower account, you don't matter. Your point doesn't matter because you have a low follower account. Now, they're not saying that to me. I'm seeing these conversations happen on Twitter. And it's like, you know, first off, get off your high horse. Um, And second off, be a human being and think before you speak.
0: You know, I use the word toxicity a lot. I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm trying to uh, branch out my adjectives, whether it's on the podcast or in my writing. I think it uh, behooves me to do that. But there is something very toxic, very arrogant and elitist and, and just rude and, and not to mention wrong about dismissing someone's opinion just because they have a smaller follow account than you do. And like you said, it hasn't been directed at us, your, me or the NLSC account, but we have seen it uh, directed at other people, people who do have a bit of a following. And let's 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 break this down a little bit if you're saying that because because nobody starts out hugely popular right you need to build that audience are you saying that you didn't the, the people that are making these arguments when I say you are they saying that their opinions didn't matter until they got a following or that somehow when they built up their following their opinions suddenly mattered like they're not even looking at, at their own perspective that they started out from zero and had to build up their following and obviously they valued their own opinions when they had 10 followers 15 followers whatever it's it's just so ridiculous and an appeal to popularity it's fallacious there you go another adjective it's fallacious to say that these people's uh, who don't have a huge social media following people who are just on there uh you know just mostly following accounts and interacting with them rather than creating content so you don't have a huge following absolutely fine that if, if they don't have hundreds thousands of followers that somehow their opinion doesn't matter it's, it's, uh, it's an ad hominem. It's not focusing on the the meat of their, uh, meat of their argument, of their criticism. Uh, and it, it just goes to show the way, uh, the attitude that is uh, permeates the whole influencer movement at the moment. And it's, uh, it's kind of gross.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of content creators kind of talk like that now. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. I just want to point something out, and this is reality. Um, some of the biggest scumbags and tools that you could ever meet in your life have huge social media followings. And then some of the nicest people ever, um, knowledgeable people uh, have very low follower counts. So that just puts it into perspective, right? So just always remember that when you're trying to dismiss somebody with a low follower count, uh, that um, the following has really very little to do or nothing to do with the quality of that person's point The quality of that person etc so um unfortunately though this is getting we're not going to name who recently um a pretty big influencer in the video game community
0: there's a few of them as (laughs) as well as as that particular person yeah yeah
1: yeah but the one that we're pointing out um is a pretty big influencer uh and has been a big influencer in the gaming community for over a decade and whatnot the the thing is, it's becoming way more common today because it's the height of social media, right? It's the height of Instagram, the height of now TikTok, um, the height of YouTube, uh, the the height of Facebook, all of that stuff. So a lot of people are um, getting a pretty big head when they get that big following and they need to take a step back and think big picture and think about reality before they speak and and most and a lot of times they don't
0: well it's the arrogance to assume that only their opinion matters right
1: right exactly um i think that um unfortunately a lot of people back those comments too and i think you see that a lot of people like those tweets a lot of people are like yeah man those those low follower accounts are they're, they're always trolls or oh yeah they think they're big you know you know what and they're not like like that unfortunately there's a lot of support for it and the funny
0: thing is the support is coming from people who have low follow accounts too but they're just following that popular influencer
1: right exactly
0: but I think the the moral of the story here, Derek, is that as long as you have a, a well reasoned and well stated opinion, is that uh, we're all entitled to our opinion, and we should value opinions that uh, that are well reasoned, criticism that is well founded, cetera. And uh, you know whose uh, whose critique I really value, Derek? Who? The people who leave wonderful reviews for us on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but we've have... how awesome are our listeners? Absolutely. How awesome are absolutely. our listeners? They're absolutely amazing
0: no it's it we we love the interaction we've been having we love the the feedback and, and the kind words a little behind on acknowledging these but we've had a couple of really nice reviews come through on uh on apple Podcasts. Uh, i'm not going to read them out in full feel a bit uh, egotistical doing that but uh got some some positive reviews five stars thank you so much for that uh from uh, uh Los santhon uh saying for real basketball gamers uh, this is a great podcast for this old head basketball gamer so we we definitely relate to you there sir um, and just goes on to to to, uh, to pump up the the podcast and say how much they enjoy it. Uh, if you're a uh, a real basketball fan and gamer, and uh, great job, guys, keep at it. And we, we certainly will. Thank you.
1: No, I um, it, it helps motivate us to keep doing this every week. We love doing it anyway, and we'd probably be putting on the show regardless. Um, but it definitely uh, puts a smile on our faces, and it definitely keeps us going. And the fact that you know we can make people's days a little bit better and even like one of the reviewers stated it's gotten them you know to go back and buy some of the games that we've talked about right that we've you know pumped up on the show and said hey you know i think our listeners should give this a try um so the fact that um we can impact people in that way um i think it's great and i love having this platform to do so
0: definitely and that reviewer that you referred to there uh, brandon c12 shout out to you as well uh, retro gospel gaming talk at its finest uh talking about being a uh, new dad and listening to us on his commute and uh and when he has some spare time and, and enjoying how we talk about the the uh, retro games and the current day as well and uh found off recommendation of a youtuber so shout out to that youtuber doesn't mention who but uh, thank you for the uh for that recommendation um and, and yes, he mentions that uh, picking up some of the retro games we've been talking about. So, uh, yeah, uh, Brandon, let us know which uh, games you've uh, you picked up and how you're enjoying them. And that's, that's really cool to hear.
1: Yeah, we love the follow-ups, right? Like, um, let us know if you get the chance. Uh, you know, comment on the YouTube video uh, if, if you get the chance, you know, for the next episode. And let us know what games you picked up, what you're playing, what you're enjoying, all of that stuff, because we love to hear it.
0: Before we go on, a reminder that the NLSC podcast comes out every week on the NLSC, livecom as well as our YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. If you're listening on any of those apps, we'd greatly appreciate a review. To keep up with the show and everything we're doing with basketball gaming in general, connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. We also have an Instagram, NLSC Basketball, and on YouTube, we're youtube.com slash live series center. Once again, visit us at nba-live.com, where in addition to the podcast, you'll also find all of our original content, as well as our forum and modding community. So Derek, we talked about a 20-year-old game, but of course 2K23, the newest game, we are both playing that as well. Uh, What have you been up to in that one?
1: A lot of my team and a lot of uh, my NBA legends with... My brother, um, I finished off the Southeast division, uh, for, uh, my team and picked up a couple new cards. I got a 91 overall. Will Chamberlain added some badges to him. He's up to 92. Uh, I have a 92 overall Jerry West that I picked up and, you know, so Will Chamberlain has now moved the 85 overall Shaq to the bench. Um, I'm going to start Reggie Lewis next game. He was coming off the bench before. So right now my, my team domination starting lineup is jerry west michael jordan reggie lewis xavier mcdaniel and wilt chamberlain and i think that's pretty damn strong so um i'm gonna have some fun i changed my team branding from you know how i had seattle supersonics yes. for the whole last challenges um i moved over to the branding of the phoenix suns of like 1983-84 because I love those jerseys, Um, it makes me think of, you know, high-flying Larry Nance Sr., you know, the jerseys he competed with in the dunk contest and whatnot, and I was able to get that Suns floor, all of that, love that branding. So for the next um, division that I go into, it's going to be all of that Phoenix Suns branding. And, of course, like I did for the last challenges, I'll be uploading um, highlight videos for each one of the team's that I face in all three difficulty levels. So outside of that, my brother and I are 25 games now into our, my NBA. And of course this is us playing co-op locally using legends. So starting lineup, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. And then on the bench, we have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, Julius Irving, Kobe Bryant, and, Clyde Drexler, um, super explosive backcourt and whatnot. And we're just having fun. You know, we're playing on Hall of Fame, but obviously we're beating the computer in blowouts every game because we're using Legends. But it's just fun to make highlights and have stat goals and, and do all of that stuff. It's just loose, clean fun, right? Like we used to have with video games and whatnot. And that's the great thing about 2K is they give you these, you know, all of this depth. So you can find something that you'll enjoy as long as the gameplay is decent between the lines so yeah my team my nba and i've already gotten my money's worth and we're on, we're not even through october so i'm i'm happy about that
0: i'm feeling very very much the same actually i, I as i've said on previous shows really enjoying uh 2k 23 been playing i was going to start on my nba but i guess i was going to leave that until the the rosters come through a bit uh round about the well opening opening of the season is a, is a week away right so that's that's coming through soon um i know there's a lot of people working on the my nba eras rosters as well might download one of those uh, I, I know mj wizards is putting in a a ton of work on on that so that's really great to see uh, i too have been playing my team I'm not making as good a use of my jersey collection as you are. I just stick with the Bulls branding all the way through. So you're you're changing it up. I, I I like that.
1: You know what I love though is you are a true diehard Bulls fan. And you know how I know because you submitted a whole bunch of NBA Live 15 Ultimate Team highlights. And what are you wearing in Ultimate Team for that game? Bulls branding. Of course. Bulls jerseys. You know you got your Bulls floor. All of that stuff. So um, it's pretty clear that you are a diehard Bulls fan, and that you'll you always will be. Definitely, and, and you know, I, I've talked
0: to uh, you know shout out to Dime Dropper Pod on uh, on Twitter. You know, a, a, a younger fellow than us, but really appreciates the history of the game. Uh, great basketball mind, and uh, you know, he's a Clippers fan, and that that to be a loyal Clippers fan, even over the last decade where they've been much better than they were when we were growing up Derek it's still a lot of loyalty especially in a city where you can obviously there's a much more popular team right the Lakers that everyone loves to bandwagon every so often especially when they're winning a lot I as a Bulls fan I I'm able to reflect on some really good times as you can imagine <laughs> back in the 90s growing up in the 90s and uh, and, and beholding the uh, the Jordan era as I did that that's not to say that I don't get frustrated with the team, especially in recent years before they really started to turn it around. But uh, I can be a diehard fan because I had that very special experience growing up with the Bulls. I've I've seen the top, uh, you know, I, it kind of gets me through some of the rough times. But yeah, I'm absolutely a, a diehard Bulls fan, so uh, I always do have to have that uh, that brand. Either that or I'll do an NLSC jersey. Uh, Sometimes as well, which, although I'm doing that now that I'm playing pro am again with the guys, 3v3 pro am, that's where I have the NLSC jerseys. But uh, how good is having that customization in those
1: modes? Oh, it's just amazing. Um, And I want to get back to that in a second. But you know, you talk about like a team, the team's struggles and, you know, the struggling years and whatnot. You know, I've talked about this before on Twitter and I think on this podcast maybe 100 episodes ago. But, um, you know, I I was such a diehard Boston Celtics fan growing up. Never missed a game glued to my TV, losing seasons, winning seasons. It didn't matter. But, you know, some of the losing seasons were my favorite to watch. Um, Even the 15 and 67 season in 96, 97, just watching them fight, you know, rooting for David Wesley, rooting for, um, you know, rookie Antoine Walker rooting for Brett Zabo. You know, they bring in this guy who nobody had heard of before. Right. And they throw him in the starting lineup and he's, you know, he's got goggles, kind of a goofy looking guy. And he, um, you know, he, he'll get a tip dunk during a game and we would flip out in front of the TV. It's like, look what Zabo just did. It had a lot of meaning to it. You know what I mean? So, like, um, it was so easy to cheer for that team even though they were struggling and losing so many games Um, you know, rooting for Dana Barrows to, you know, be healthy and perform. And, you know, my favorite player was on the team D Brown and whatnot. And, you know, watching him play even in a losing effort. So some of those struggling seasons uh, you know, where the team was losing, I, I honestly just, I have even more fond memories than some of the winning seasons. So like, even when, like when Ricky Davis was on the Celtics years later, you know what I mean? Like those teams with Pierce and, and Ricky Davis and then the short stint for like Uri Welch and whatnot on the Celtics. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about rooting for a team to overcome adversity. I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Well, like I said, I, I'm able to weather the bad times because I had the really good times as a Bulls fan in the 90s. Uh, that has definitely helped. But I think there's a there's something special about it being your team and, and staying loyal to a team and you know there's a lot of people i think they don't want to be associated with a losing team They don't want to be a fan of a losing team because they're going to be made fun of but personally i res- again i respect somebody who will stick with their team and because that team drew them in and they still believe in that team and enjoy that team uh then somebody who just bounces around from team to team and and pretends to be uh, the diehard fan of this team for a whole 12 months until their favorite player gets traded somewhere else or signs elsewhere i, I don't like gatekeeping or elitism as you know and as i've told our listeners many times derek but at the same time if you come in there as a uh, Johnny Come lately fan and pretend to be a diehard the other die <laughs> fans that have been watching for 20 30 40 years are going to give you the side eye and understandably so because you're celebrating this history that you've not been a part of and pretending oh yeah I've been flying these colors you know flying this flag for for uh, years and you just came over because uh, in, the, in the last 12 months it's uh, th- there was something special about sticking with a team as you say Going for that underdog and, and sticking with them through these struggles and it's when they do get on top again when the Celtics did make it back and won that two thousand eight title I, I'm sure that was so special for you
1: Yeah it was amazing um, Yeah and by the way the diehards will recognize the phonies immediately
0: Yeah because well, they're well, diehards yeah. right Real recognizes real Yeah you know right say.
1: exactly But you know you want, I wanted to bring this up too before you know we get to the mailbag segment How great would it be you know we were talking about my team earlier how great would it be to be able to like put my team in like and be Oh 2003 or yeah. you know for yeah. live 2003 it would be ultimate team because that's what you know ea sports does but be able to get like you know your rubies and your emerald cards and all of this stuff but it'd be from that era Like, how cool would it be to get, like, a juiced-up, high-flying, monster-dunking Stromile Swift, Mm. like, in a pack on Live 2003, and how awesome would that be to try to, like, take the floor with that, you know, Stromile Swift? And it'd be awesome with Live 2004 as well or even a game like nba live 2000 you know i think about that sometimes with some of the new modes and some of the innovations that they've made over the last decade and whatnot with the newer 2ks and then you know even some of the stuff that they were doing you know from presentation standpoint with like nba live and everything just being able to put that functionality into some of those older games it would be an absolute blast
0: you know i've thought about that i've thought about ways we could possibly replicate the my team experience in an older nba live or ultimate team you know as the case may be a card collecting mode where that you could put together teams custom teams in custom rosters that have different challenges whether you could have uh, kind of your own team that's, that's brand that's pre-branded as a kind of as a fictional team that you can try and uh, get players from how, how you'd police it would be up to you up to yourself basically uh so it's it's it wouldn't be quite the authentic card collecting experience but there's got to be a way with custom rosters that you could kind of simulate the the gameplay experience of that now that's something that i've, I've thought about having in uh, in roster mods for older games how we could do that now, i think you could put together a, a custom team like that and uh use playoff mode or whatever to to simulate some kind of challenge uh i, th- I think it could be done
1: yeah i think it could be done with a lot of um effort and Creativity, you need to imagine, and what
0: you need imagination as well for it, and that's uh, that,
1: yeah, and yeah. imagination, be being able to be creative, and then obviously time and effort. But I think that another cool feature that would would have been great for those old games is, you know, like they do with my NBA and my league, where you can go in and you know create jerseys, create courts, of course, all of that stuff. Um, how cool would it be to be able to do that in NBA Live two thousand three, and then you know create all the jerseys and all the courts for a different season, and then share that with the community and whatnot Um, it'd be a feature that people would still be using today i guarantee it all these years later people would still be using that feature on nba live 2003 or live 2004 or whatever game past game it was implemented in so yeah i think about that stuff sometimes and it is a shame that we can't just bring some of those features over
0: it is it is but uh if, if you are passionate enough with your retro gaming and these are some other reasons i mean we've been talking about it for a while i know i need to get my uh need to get off my backside and make some of these tutorials i've been talking about but as we get people into these old games and as we look to make some mods for them also giving them some resources to set up these fun scenarios it could be done i think that'd be a great project for the community i mean we're going to be covering 2k 23 and future releases obviously but as we cover these old games uh some new mods uh uh getting getting the game to work guides those kind of tutorials, but also some resources for, having, uh, for changing things up and ideas for, you know, NBA, NBA Live 10 fantasy teams. I put out that article for Wayback Wednesday, uh, retro teams that you can create with the, uh, with the rosters, with the players that are in the rosters by default, So and sometimes in a minimalist kind of way. So there's a lot of stuff we can suggest to people uh, to really spice up some retro gaming for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's still so much you can do with these classic games. And there's still, you know, thousands of hours of fun. I'm such a big advocate for retro gaming, as are you. Um, there's just so many benefits to it. And some of that we talked about with Nate and Roger on last week's show. You know, the NBA Live 2001 Legends. And how great were they? How awesome was it to have them on for a second time? Oh,
0: for sure. And, and can I also give the guys a shout-out on on Twitter? I posted that Darius Miles clip uh, uh, just uh, going up for a dunk. Uh, I, I was just playing around. I was actually getting a, a clip of uh, Keith Kloss because uh, Keith Kloss happened to reply to a tweet that I was tagged in, so I wanted to post that. But I also got the Darius Miles uh, video and, and tweeted that out. And uh, they picked it. Roger picked it right off the bat that I was on starter difficulty just because I was doing it to get highlights. I turned it down because it wasn't about the challenges, it was about getting a cool highlight. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> Nate says, what do you reckon, Roger? What do you think it's on rookie or starter? Uh, it's on Roger's starter. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, you picked it. So that, that's how much they know that game.
1: Yeah. I um I admire their dedication to that game and just the early two thousands lives in general. As you notice they kinda gravitate to those games. Those yeah. games speak to them. And um I encourage our listeners out there to find the games that speak to you. It doesn't you know, you don't don't feel like you have to play the most recent game. Um, don't feel like you have to play only games on a certain console. Um, Don't feel like you have to play, you know, just 2K or just NBA Live and stuff. Find the games that speak to you. You know, a lot of these classic games are super cheap to pick up and try um, and whatnot. For example, I think I mentioned it on a previous episode of the NLSC podcast. When I picked up NBA 2K14 um, for PS4, again, years later at GameStop, I got it for like two dollars and ninety nine cents. There you go, cheapest chips. three—that's three dollars $3 for how, how many seasons did you play in my career? You're on my career season number five. Yes, on NBA 2K14 for PS4. I got that game for three dollars. Right, like find you know pick up some of these games and find the games that speak to you, and you'll be surprised at how much fun you can have with them.
0: Definitely. I mean, I've been playing 2K23. My team. I uh, will get into some of my NBA later on. i uh, been playing some 3v3 with the guys, 3v3 Pro-Am. I uh, had, had a great session this weekend, one of our best sessions so far. Uh, we had some teammates who really knew ball. They were playing basketball, not video games. Uh, had a couple of rough games, but even some of the losses we had, most of the losses we had, except for the one where we faced some really OP uh, my players, uh, we were in it to the end. It was very competitive. It was exciting. So... That, that is fun. Uh, it is a long grind. However, I'm I'm taking it easy. My, I've got a, I've got my player to the point where it's viable to play with online. I don't care about getting 99 overall. I don't care about getting the Hall of Fame in uh, in my career, in the NBA side of my career this year. I'm pretty much playing through the story just to be able to comment on it or make fun of it, as the case may be. So I'm just taking it as, as it comes, enjoying playing the game. And But because I'm not grinding that hard, Derek, because I'm playing my team in my career, yes they are grindy modes or certainly can be but i'm just playing what i enjoy not worrying about if i get the season rewards or not and and just having fun with them i can go and play these other games i have time in my gaming rotation to play these other games and going back to them whether it's like 2003 2k14 i have put aside for the moment because i really get into that um but other other games just revisit on a whim here and there so much fun
1: Again, night and day different from when you and I first started doing this podcast together and really talking, you know. I was in a rut. I was in a rut. You were in a giant rut. You know, we talked about it off air and on air and you were grinding. You were sad about it. You felt guilty about grinding because you were like, man, you know, I'm like kind of doing what they want me to be doing. Right. Exactly. Spending All of these hours on the game and whatnot. And I felt, you know, you felt like you fell into the trap. Um, You weren't playing your you know the classic games as much as you are now and whatnot and i think it's just been amazing for you i lost because sight of
0: what was important there. which is have fun with the games what's what games are supposed to be fun
1: right exactly um and i'm glad that i never got into that that my career scene i'm glad that i never got into even like just like the overall online playing scene like like the single player use the park and wreck and stuff and i know you're having fun with NLC i'll see thrill hole this thrill hole this year which is the first time since nba 2k 17 um but overall i'm glad that i stuck with what i enjoy and you know what my brothers and i have fun with and everything and the beauty is is now lately obviously over the last year and a half and whatnot i've also been able to enjoy you know Those experiences with people over Parsec, exactly, and and whatnot. So it's been, let's put it this way: I think like the last year and a half have been just it's it's been great gaming experiences for both of us, and I love it.
0: It is, and it hasn't relied on the latest game providing us everything we want out of basketball gaming as well, right? We were able to uh, pick and choose as well. You've had a lot more fun with Two K Twenty Two than I did. Uh, I've been enjoying 2K23, but we do have all those other games. We do have such huge collections that we've amassed over the years, and uh, being such uh, enthousi- enthusiastic collectors as we are, that we're able to go back and, and play these games and, and try out try new games, and uh, uh, hell, even even trying something ridiculous to bring it up again, Kid Sports Basketball, like that is a ridiculous game. It's not part of the rotation, but just to throw that on and play that together over Parsec and and laugh at it and make fun of it is uh, is a blast and that's what it's about it's, it's about having fun with games whether i'm playing them solo it's about playing something that i'm enjoying and not just feel like i'm working and grinding that i'm actually enjoying this uh virtual basketball experience or connecting with other people whether it's the the guys from nlc Thrillho or with you uh either playing it either playing something solo that's uh, very satisfying for whatever uh, you want out of basketball gaming like uh, when it was talking franchise modes playing with the with the bulls and leading them back to glory for example or, or having those multiplayer experiences or, uh, or cop experiences with you and the guys, then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot more fun, obviously, than, than working. And whenever, whenever people say, do you, not, do you not want to put in the work to, to grind up a play? You know, you just want to be 99 in the first week. Don't you want to work? I say, no, I don't want to work. I want to play. I want to challenge, for sure, because that's part of the uh, competitive nature <laughs> of, a, of a basketball video game. But I want to enjoy. I want to compete and have fun doing so. But I don't want to work. This is not supposed to be a job. It's also not supposed to be a financial investment. So yeah, I, I've put that aside. Uh, I play it the way I'm having fun with it, not grinding hard. Just getting the player to a point. You know, I had to get the uh, had to get the pre-order bonus VC to do it. The Jordan Edition VC to uh, upgrade initially, which is not ideal. But I wanted the Jordan Edition, so it's there to to use. So I, I'm just I'm just doing what is fun, and it's it sounds so simple, but it's so easy to lose sight of that because modern games they want you to lose sight of that they want you to work and grind and, and pay so I'm, I'm avoiding all of that and it's it's just been great
1: reminder that when you put on a terrible overall basketball video game like Kid sports basketball and you're laughing and smiling while you're playing it because it's just so silly and goofy and whatnot and um that, that you're still having more fun doing that than grinding because there's no smiling. There, there's no, you know, on the, the newer two Ks. there's no smiling during that. There's no laughing during that. That's you jumping on the game with a look of dread on your face saying that, you know, I have to do this. What's on the agenda. To yeah. to Get to the point of having fun Yeah, with this game. And I have to do this for hours upon hours, upon hours, upon hours. Upon hours. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, we had fun with kid sports basketball because of the ginger clay thing, clearly, but also for the fact that you know we were able to laugh and you know, you know, make kind of like take jabs at the game and make fun of the game while we played it as well, and uh, like that was a lot of fun to be honest with you.
0: Do you think we can get ginger clay in my team?
1: <sighs> you know, you'd ruins, have to be ninety nine or
0: ruins the balance like, though, right doesn't
1: it? Off the bat. Yeah, you'd have to be full full badges, 99. Full <laughs> oh, fame badges. Oh, I forgot. i, I got to talk about this really quick. So I'm going to have to um, share the screenshot on Twitter. Went on to my team on NBA 2K23. And you know how when you go into um, the main screen, it will say, like, the card that sold for the most for that week? Oh, yes, yes. Like, it will say five team yep. points. 76 overall, Kevin Willis. One million seven hundred thousand my team points. Yeah, I wonder if somebody accidentally thought they were buying another card, and they spent that many my team points. Now, on you know,
0: Kevin, Williams. you know what that is because that's a very common card that a lot of people are getting doubles of. I've got, I think I've got about two or three doubles alone after the initial. I have
1: two. I've gotten many yeah.
0: No, what that is is the M. It's the MT, the my, my team points resellers. Will you get you buy the MT that they've been grinding for, and they just say put up any card on the auction house for what amount of points, and they'll just give you the money that they'll give you the MT that way that you've bought. So they 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 buy any random card for that amount of uh, MT. So it's the MT resellers. It has to be.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: It is. It's it's ruined the economy in my team. Yeah, it, it really has.
1: I don't even know what to say about that. Right, like not, I thought, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah i thought it might be like a mistake where somebody accidentally like thought they picked another card because i could see somebody doing that By
0: the way, oh sure i mean like, I, I could be wrong but i do know that that is how the mt resellers work that you go to these sites you go to these sites and you pay for the mt that they've they're able to give give out because they've been grinding for it or whatever or hacking probably possibly and uh and yeah they you say just put up a card let us know what card you put up and then they do it for that price and they t- that's how sure. they deliver your mt yeah
1: that's wild. I, I do want to say, though, that Kevin Willis was an outstanding player. You know that. Um, and he should be better overall, even for the lowest value of his card. So um, I think he's incredibly underdone in the video game, as are a lot of the, the past players. But, yeah, he's definitely not worth 1700019 19 points.
0: Now, Ginger Clay, on the other hand.
1: Yeah, oh, no, I'd pay $2 million for him. But the thing is, is um, how do you bring Ginger Clay... To life so you you could mod him i guess make a red-headed player with with glasses and whatnot and uh, i bet uh, you know what i bet i could make a pretty good ginger clay in the newer 2ks modding using blender and whatnot you reckon um, it, if
0: i get you the screenshots you could make a terry hansen
1: oh yeah i could definitely make terry do you want me to try it yeah i, I, I think he much, i think it's pretty much
0: just a case of smushing lebron james face because he's, he's kind of like a lebron lookalike. so <laughs>
1: do me a favor do me a favor let's 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 like put that as a project on me because i've you know i wanted to do some modding anyway yeah for 2k 23 why don't you um send me a screenshot of terry hansen and i will see if i can make a good high quality terry hansen cyberface for the newest nba 2k and then we can post it on social media
0: well, if I've got to fire up my 2K14, my career, I guess I'll reluctantly do so. But um, no, <laughs> you'll end up you'll
1: end up playing a couple of games. I, I, probably, I probably
0: will. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'll do that. That'll be that'll be cool because I want to put him in other rosters. I want to do some like because that's the kind of thing we do like silly rosters and wacky rosters. We can do. We can put a Terry Hansen in a Live 2003, a Ginger Clay. You know what? I want to do this now. Let, let's find a way to do this with it with a game.
1: Do me a favor with the screenshot too. Like, make sure that it's like straight on. He has no expression on his face, and that it's the highest quality you possibly can, because then I can texture paint and I can try to make it look just like him. So I think that I think I've gotten good enough at faces where I could make a really good Terry Hansen.
0: Excellent, excellent. Let's do it. So I guess uh, stay tuned for some of those uh, crazy projects we'd uh, we'd love to do. We've always been always talking about the projects we'd like to do. So many ideas, Derek, modding ideas that just come to your mind, and if only we had the time, right?
1: endless possibilities with um the pc versions of older nba live games or older nba 2k and, and newer 2k games and whatnot so many different things you can do and obviously the nlsc as you know has the best modding community so uh, yeah i'm always impressed with the work that they're doing
0: and of course if you are part of our modding community we, we thank you for being a part of it please feel free to use our uh, upload facilities to uh, to store your work and uh, to share it with the with the world and of course all the uh, resources we have in the forum uh, we love having that as part of our community everything we do at the nlsc but uh, th- i mean that brings to mind derek uh, uh community participation and that also brings to mind the mailbag so let us indeed open up the mailbag to the mailman the pop face. What an unbelievable dog! So as you always do, Derek, you threw out the question this week for the mailbag. uh, What customization features would you like to see added or improved in future versions of NBA 2K? And a follow-up question, if NBA Live comes back, what customization features would you like to see present in that game? And first up we have Popcorn Jones 77. This definitely has niche appeal of a mass market, but I'd like to be able to toggle the three-point line on or off in my NBA league rules so I could do a more legit pre-1979 NBA season. And I 100% agree.
1: We've talked about that before. You know, it's crazy um, going back to some of the 2000s NBA Live games for PlayStation 2 and whatnot. And you play with those all-decade teams from the 70s and 60s and 50s and whatnot. And what do you got? You got no three-point line, right? Um, But how cool would it be as a roster maker in the newer games with all the the roster editing and creating options that, you know, that you could like turn off the three point line and make those, you know, classic seasons really, you know, come to life for those eras that didn't have a three point line. So 100% agree with that. I think that'd be a great option.
0: And I'll take this a step further that I'd like to be able to customize even the basic rules in the options, which we haven't been able to do for years in 2k go into the options you can't change a lot of the rules for an exhibition game that you used to be able to change or if you can i cannot find those options so i'd love to be able to do that but being able to change any of those rules and like an expanded set of rules outside of my nba 100 percent it seems like a lot of the customization features have gone they're just they're simply contained to modes and I'd, i'd love to have them for exhibition games as well or or there as default settings to start a new season absolutely
1: yeah, and I see what he says by saying, like, it might be niche and whatnot. But, uh, you know, one of the things that happened with a recent version of NBA 2K, and I think you remember this, there was an article written on Operation Sports about it. Um, somebody created uh, a league, like a downloadable My NBA that was, I want to say, like late 40s with custom jerseys, custom. Um, you know custom courts for the season and all of that stuff and they created a bunch of players using the create a player feature and whatnot there's still demand for that type of retro content um that article got commented on by a lot of different people um, a lot of people viewed it and uh you do see a lot of classic rosters out there so i don't think that i i think i i think let's put it this way i think there's an audience for it
0: and it's already in the game so it's not a matter of adding something that's not in the game. So it's just bringing it and making it more readily accessible to everybody. So even if it is kind of niche, it's not like you're having to put in all this work for something that's niche that isn't already there in the game. So I think it's, it's right, exactly. defi- definitely viable. Next up, we have the B-Ball Pundit. Uh, being able to create an arena, not just pick one of the choices. You've got adding suites to increase ticket sales in my GM. Well, let me actually see it applied. Say it's lofty, but we're on Xbox Series X and PS5. Should be more in-depth when creating an arena. Yeah, again, that that deep customization that that is kind of there already, but could go even further.
1: Yeah, somebody else mentioned um, something that I've talked about on so many different episodes and that I've been talking about for years, actually, since it was first implemented in NBA 2K16. You know, why have the custom arena, you know, custom jersey, uh, creation all of that stuff custom floor creation all of that just tied into my league or my nba bring that into you know the regular roster making in the default game and allow people to build and share those rosters and creations um outside of you know my nba or my league i mean how cool would that be to just go on to say 2K share, and somebody creates, a, say, like an 0708 07, 08 roster and whatnot, and they were able to like create all the jerseys, all the courts, do all of the uh, customizations, all of that stuff, and then you were just able to boom, download that roster offline and use it in like play now, right? So like outside of my NBA, outside of my league, you can use that roster and say play now, um, uh, and then maybe you can use it when you do. Like online games with other people and, and whatnot. I feel like that those creation tools and everything shouldn't just be tied to my NBA and my league.
0: See, what you're doing there is you're basically replicating what we what we were doing with uh, PC modding for years, and making that a default inbuilt feature, which I think is in many ways the future of modding, especially on consoles. That you have these functions in the game, and that if you you can take them out, as you say, and make them for a play now roster and you can reassign jerseys or redesign the jerseys or, or change default jerseys assignments so that, for example, the, the Cavs uh, 2007 jersey is uh, is in the game. So you could make a 2007 season roster and use the jerseys that are already in the game but switch them so they are the primary jerseys, for example. That kind of customization that you could just, uh, if if you want it. I mean, again, it's kind of niche, to go back to uh, uh, Popcorn Joe's point, but I, I think it would find an audience, and... Yeah, I point.
1: don't think that's his niche, though. I think that we have hundreds of thousands of people that like, true, to, true. On, that's to, that like to work fair, on yeah. rosters, right? And look how many downloads they get. Right? No, that, look that's at the true. downloads for think, all of these rosters.
0: Yeah, that, it might be more popular than uh, than we think. Absolutely. Uh, to that point, King J Mace. Uh, create a team as a standard feature, not just exclusive to my league or my team. A share feature for custom shoes, Uh, give creative players tattoos like we get on next gen so going back to the current gen uh, features there as well or prior gen if you wish uh yeah again having the those customization features outside of the the modes having them in that default roster editing as we did way back in the day you know they did this they were doing this in the late 90s early 2000s so we know it's viable uh technically speaking uh and and it could be so much better these days so that would just enhance our custom rosters so much
1: right give people the ability to change team names right and a roster editor like stuff that we can do with cheat engine um or with tools for like pc modding and whatnot but allow people to add teams to a roster assign jerseys they make to that team or assign jerseys that are already existing in the game you know name that team relocate that team um you would see some amazing rosters and a lot of creativity from the from the super talented you know, roster-making community. So, yeah, a lot of opportunity still.
0: On a slightly different note, Kevin uh, Crunch to number Z. Uh, We'd love to see the backboard glass shattering, the rim ripping, or bring down the entire backboard structure on power dunks and alley-oops, multiple animations on the glass breaks, and shares a video to uh, give some examples. I am kind of surprised that we haven't had that backboard shattering in a sim game for a long time. Uh, we were trying to hook up and play uh, uh, Coach K basketball before we were recording today. And uh, my connection was playing up at the time. But yeah, um, it'd be really cool to see a, a, we've seen it in arcade games, of course, and really old sim games with the backboard uh, uh, breaking, uh, the glass flying everywhere. But to see that in uh, in, a, in a 4K game, in, in the, in the next gen games we have in, in all their uh, high def glory. Uh, yeah, that'd be really cool
1: captain Crunch is his name i badly want a bowl of cereal <laughs> right now uh, i'm not gonna lie i love captain crunch uh it's one of the best cereals in my opinion um we'll have to talk about our favorite cereals on another episode i know yours is probably wheaties you know breakfast of champions
0: oh but... of course yes yeah. i actually oh, not. Nice. but still cocoa pops for the win <laughs> cocoa pops for the win yeah,
1: wheaties isn't wheaties isn't the best i was gonna say you have bad taste the um the cereal doesn't taste that good no um Coach K College Basketball. You had the ability to break the backboard, um, and that is technically a sim title, right? That's of Coach K College Basketball is the college version, basically of NBA Live '96. Um, came out around, you know, roughly the same time. Um, some people actually reviewed it better than NBA Live '96 because it did come out a little bit later, and the gameplay um, and presentation was super strong in that game. But obviously, you can, you know, break the backboard in NBA Jam on Fire Edition. Like you and I have done so many times with Kemp and whatnot and Peyton and yeah, it's not uh, it's not, it's not a non-sim element technically for a backboard to break. You know, at some point because you know you look back in history, Jerome Lane, um, Shaquille O'Neal, um, Jordan broke the backboard. I, I believe it was in an exhibition and whatnot. And there's footage of that. In Germany, so I believe, like, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a thing that's happened, and it would be cool if it came back.
0: I wonder if it's uh, the case of the NBA just doesn't want to have it in the game, because at the end of the day, they do have veto power over such things. And I do believe that backboard breaking was in some of the early 2000s NCAA games as well.
1: I mean, if somebody submits to me a glass-shattering jam from a past college basketball game, you have a very high chance of being the number one player of the week. In the NLSE top 10, because that's just super cool.
0: And if it's Dee Brown or Michael Jordan breaking the backboard, it's, it's number one.
1: That might be, I might just keep putting it number one for like five <laughs> to 10 weeks in a row.
0: <laughs> no one's going to get sick of it. That's going to look very cool. So right, there you exactly. Go. Uh, next up, we have DM Allen 5. Uh, create a stadium, custom shoes and be able to share them online, custom camera angle, and let you be able to mod files like PC so uh, again very familiar ground there uh and I, again i totally agree i do think the the future of modding can be or should be in in game like that having those customization features again it might come down to the nba not being too keen to have you so readily re uh, rebrand their game but but those features are there so if you can get the nba on board with that if that is an issue then having uh having that and of course something simple like being able to share custom shoes i think is uh uh, is Something that should be there already. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that.
1: Yeah, and people, a lot of people love the shoes, right? Oh, for sure. Like creating some of the classics and whatnot, like, you know, the old Shaq Reeboks um, or Larry Johnson shoes and whatnot. Like, a lot of people love that. In fact, for the NBA 2K19 retro roster mods, uh, rest- retro roster single season mods, um, you know, Mick, I think it's Mick Aschetti and whatnot is how you pronounce it. I'm not 100% sure. But um, he's done. Such an amazing job recreating so many different shoes from the past, and it really adds the authenticity to those single season mods.
0: Next up, we have Little roscoe Mike at mc underscore three eight six on Twitter. Uh, Credit coach would be nice. Editing team uniforms logos arena for just rosters alone would be nice too. Console keyboard support for faster console roster makers. Yeah, uh, that, that's a uh, that, that's a great idea there. I mean, obviously, once again, another uh, another vote for editing uniforms, logos, et cetera, outside of uh, the uh, franchise modes, but uh, being able to plug in the, the keyboard uh, to the to the console and and have that support there just to make things a bit faster, and having to rather than having to uh, uh, navigate everything by uh, by by controller with the on-screen keyboard. Just little shortcuts like that, just quality of life improvements for the customization features. Is uh, no, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a great suggestion.
1: Now that would be niche yes that you know (laughs) i think it's a good idea don't get me wrong i think that's a great idea but you are greatly in the minority there as far as like that's actually the first time i've heard anybody mention that or request it in all of my years you know playing basketball video games or talking about them
0: well the the um, playstation does have native support for keyboards and i believe xbox does as well because i know i've plugged it in before to to use for youtube so i think it's just a matter of being able to recognize the keyboard input that's already there for the consoles So they do support. So if they could do that, I mean, I know there's been times where I've been saving a roster and like, Oh, I wish I could just type this in instead of having to use the controller. So uh, that might be a bit more popular that one.
1: Yeah. I think for roster editing, um, you know, for people who are hardcore into it, who like to build complete rosters and really get down um, with it and whatnot i think that it could be incredibly useful so i definitely agree by the way my brother would love that Mm. my brother nick would absolutely love to be able to you know do those edits faster and whatnot also congratulations little rascal for getting into this week's uh version of the nlsc top 10 plays of the week so awesome stuff
0: and finally we have mahmoud uh modern in the community of course uh, creative player absolutely needs attention and honestly a full overhaul we've had the same character created for a good five years now 2k's done great on the graphics but the outdated caps really stand out two to three new haircuts for every release won't cut it uh can't even customize them yeah i mean that was this has always been the thing for in video games for so many years that once we got to a certain point with uh the in-game faces when they were actual real faces real models that creative players just Really stood out as created. that they were very painfully uh, not original players. And two K has gotten better with some of the creative player faces in uh, in recent games, but they are showing their age. I would definitely agree. So getting the get, really getting those, those uh, face sculpting and uh, the quality of those faces up to uh, to the point where they can be really mistaken for a real face. And, and look, people have done it, Derek. You know, we talked about M J Wizards and some of the great faces that he's made, the great Barclays and. Uh, Rashid Wallace and uh, Reggie Miller that he's shared before, and other, others have done the same. Uh, Philly as well, shout out to Philly. But they're working with some limitations, which, which again yeah, makes their work even more impressive, but it'd be nice if the tools were even better.
1: You know what's funny um, is that WWE 2K, uh, you know, the newest game and whatnot for the, their wrestling series, has an amazing create-a-wrestler feature. I see the creations pop up all the time on Twitter. I don't own the the game, but I see, you know, people creating wrestlers that are not in the game and it's unbelievable how close they can get to the real life counterpart. In fact, a lot of them, you'd be like, that's a real cyberface That looks like them in the game. So 2K is already doing that for their WWE series. Why can't they bring that over to the 2K series, right? They're still creating human beings. So it's creating human beings in both games. So um, I completely agree with this create a player feature that they have currently being outdated. And I'm only making small updates each year that really don't change the experience much. Um, One of the things that really hurts the experience this year is that you could go through this long, grueling process, hours trying to create a player to um, make it look like the real life counterpart and whatnot and then in the edit player screen you're like all right well maybe this might be acceptable and then you put them on the floor the player loses all of his detail um in his face when he's on the floor like the quality on the floor doesn't match what it is in the edit player screen so the players look poor on the floor they don't have detail and whatnot and they stick out like a sore thumb uh it's so there's definitely a lot of improvement they can make with the create a player feature and i think that they need to look at their wwe 2k game um and try to bring that quality over to the 2k the nba 2k series
0: absolutely if they can share those uh, those resources and, and make use of that tech uh, so much the better and you're absolutely right about those uh those cores, those creator wrestlers you know you look at these suggestions and it's it's quite clear that as good as 2k can be out of the box and we've said at launch and we've said that 2k 23 is as is a quality title across the board in so many respects but people want to tinker and they want to create new things in games it's always been that way that whether it's creating a, a custom team with you and all your friends or or updating the rosters with missing players adding missing legends uh, retro rosters whatever people want to be able to tinker and uh, expand the the experience experiences on offer beyond what is simply uh, there out of the box. So, yeah, it, we absolutely would love to see a lot of these ideas uh, implemented in the future.
1: Yeah, you know, one that nobody brings up that I think that, would, that I think it would be a hit—a uh, scoreboard creator. Yeah. How many scoreboard? How many scoreboard mods do we see come out every year for the PC? In fact, there's some of the mods that come out right away. And um, how cool would it be? You know, to be able to customize a scoreboard and make it your own, and 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 be able to impact the presentation that way on console.
0: I'm just imagining having a complete sandbox of assets that you could change. So that you could have, like the broadcast, you could have NLSC TV or whatever. You know, obviously you would probably want to do. Most people would want to do real broadcast networks. But yeah, being able to uh, change the scoreboard, the score bug. The, the oh my god well, yeah. well yeah, yeah. like
1: what you just said it would be great advertising for content creators oh for sure yeah right so let's say flight is playing i just brought him up because he was somebody that was really active and loud in the nba live community and then you know years back and then you know obviously he's been playing a lot of nba 2k now and whatnot you know let's say flight who's a huge influencer now uh is streaming how cool would it be for him to be able to have his own flight scoreboard exactly yeah like that would be absolutely awesome so there's so much that
0: can can still be done and that's something we've talked about before in, in many aspects of the games that as deep as 2k is and that's, that's one of its strengths and what we love about it so much that it does cater to all these experiences there's still a lot more you could do and and hopefully that is on there as uh as when we had left us on the show we referred to their their blue sky list their their, their dream list of things to do once they've once it's possible Uh, yeah these are the kinds of things that i hope are on that list
1: yeah there's definitely a lot of things that can still be done and that's kind of exciting right because whether 2k does it or somebody else comes into the space and does it before them or whatnot there's stuff to look forward to
0: and i think uh, whoever secures the likeness rights for ginger clay will also lock up this generation of basketball gaming
1: right we have to connect again on that game and let me use ginger clay to see if i can repeat that performance i lost that game but um it was almost like jordan you know scoring 60 in the garden
0: the uh the the ginger clay challenge will be the uh, 2k24 this is the uh this is your leak this is where you hear it first but uh thank you to everybody who responded to this week's MyBag prompt once again derek Uh, It's always fun to throw out that uh, prompt, which you do a great job of every week with these uh, creative questions. And I always look forward to talking about that question, giving our ideas on it, but especially hearing what the community has to say.
1: Yeah. Thank you to the community who responded to the question, got a lot of great responses, and they were pretty immediate, actually, after I made, uh, you know, put out the tweet and whatnot. So as always, thanks for interacting with the show and supporting us.
0: We do love that passion and uh, do greatly appreciate that support. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of the show. As always, we thank you for tuning in and invite you to join us again next week, either on the NLSC, nb-live.com, our YouTube channel, or your podcast app of choice. In the meantime, please connect with us on social media. That's where you can get in touch with us and, of course, stay up to date with all of our content. To then, Derek, I'm going to throw it over to you to share those handles.
1: You can reach me on Twitter. I'm the most active at d4384 and d43g. I am now on TikTok. Unbelievable. I got talked into it. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Roger. Um, and you can find me on TikTok um, at D for three. I'm also on YouTube D for three, and on the NLSC D for three.
0: I am not on TikTok because everyone needs to see me dance. But uh, well, we'll see what the future holds. But in the meantime, I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. Our Instagram is NLSCbasketball. Basketball. Our aforementioned YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Center, and of course keep a lock to the NLSC itself MBLive.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. So, thank you once again for tuning in and until next time, I'm Andrew and I'm Derek Go get buckets everyone!